You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, after your constant pleading and whining, figured I'd come on back. It's actually not true at all. It really was just a matter of how badly I want to keep sleeping in until five compared to how badly I want to get this thing back up and running. And so I set an alarm for three, and I'm laying in bed thinking, there's no reason not to get up right now. Zero. Other than I just, I'm really tired. And that's not going to be different tomorrow or the next day or the next day. So if you're ever going to do a podcast again, maybe you should just get yourself up and make a nice cup of coffee. By the way, if you want a tutorial on how to make a great cup of joe, I put a video on uh, on YouTube detailing that. I've got a lot of ideas on how to help you live your life uh, through uh, inspirational videos. Just little things here and there, you know. You, if you don't start your day off right with a good cup of coffee, your day's just ruined. So, you know, I wanted to start there. So, again, make sure you're in the Facebook group and like the Facebook page. You'll get words of inspiration and encouragement. Minus, minus the uh, encouragement part. But I will teach you how to make a cup of cold instant coffee. So anyways, we're back at it. I think that was the other discouraging part is if you wake up and if you do this podcast, this was the other part of my brain threatening me, you can't ever sleep in again. No more sleeping in on Tuesdays. You got to do the podcast every day. But decided to get up and do it. No more being lazy. It was nice though. It was nice being able to sleep in until 5. So what I wanted to do today was actually a very fun project, and I want to get the person's name. It was Danny. So Danny in the Facebook group says, and here, here's what I did. This is how I'm, uh, I'm slick like this. <laughs> what I said in the Facebook group was, I'm going to be taking some time off, but I still want to put out some content. Give me some ideas for some video Q&As that I can put up in the group. I did like three videos, two videos, and uh, the podcast back. So I'm stealing all those ideas for the podcast. But he says, um, at this point in the season, how about looking at previous power rankings to see how accurate they were? Now, of course, I could just look at it and read it and say, ha, 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 look how dumb, ah." No, I got to take it to that next level. So what I did is I looked at the previous ESPN power ranking. They have their 1 through 32. They had their expected record or expected number of wins. And what I did was I took their expected number of wins, I look at the difference, and then I took this year's power ranking and I added the expected uh, point difference to this year's power ranking. In other words, last year's number 14 got 
wins more than expected. So I applied that to this year's number 16, just to give you an idea of what that would look like. If, if this year is as unusual as last year, what would the records be for this year? Now, granted, I don't agree with their power rankings this year, but maybe I wouldn't have agreed with last year's power rankings either. I don't want to delve too much into that. I don't agree with their power ranking, but that's kind of not what we're talking about. Beyond that, I decided to take it a step further. What if we then looked at the playoffs? In other words, they had their, let's see, number 14 was a five seed. So what if this year's number 14 was a five seed? And I went all the way through and looked at all the playoff scenarios. Now, granted, the AFC-NFC thing is going to be completely messed up because I can't keep that straight. But just ignore that. Again, the point is just to give an idea of, because every year stuff is crazy, and we forget that every year. Every year we look at it and we're absolutely positive of what's going to happen this year. Knowing full well that every, every, every I mean, not, not, not that everything is messed up, some things go exactly as we expected, right? Last year, the Broncos were expected to get seven wins. They got exactly seven wins. That was the only team that was exact, but it's hard to be exact when you project things like 8.6 wins. But of course, to give you an idea, just, just off the top, how crazy stuff was, the NFC Championship game was played by a game exp- by two teams. One expected to get 7.6 wins. The other was expected to get 8.6 wins. The Packers were 12th in the power rankings. The 49ers were were 21st. We forget that the 49ers were nothing. Completely forget that. But anyways, that is the goal for today. Shouldn't actually take very long, but then again, you know, I say that often. But anyways, let's take a little miniature break, and uh, we'll take a look at it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So I guess it would make sense to start by just reading it off. So we'll start with this year's power ranking because it's uh, less exciting, but 
the way ESPN, at least the last one I could find, was ranked, uh, ranked, rated, whatever. Pretty shocking, actually. The Packers are extremely low. Actually, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. The Packers are lower this year than last year's power ranking. It's from May, so maybe it's not their most recent, but it's whatever. The ranking in order. Chiefs, Ravens, 49ers, Saints, Cowboys, Eagles, Seahawks, Bucks, Patriots, Bills, Rams, Steelers, Vikings, Colts, Packers, Titans, why are the Titans so low? Whatever. Um, Broncos, Falcons, Browns, Chargers, Bears, Cardinals, Raiders, Texans, Jets, Giants, Dolphins, Lions, Panthers, Bengals, Redskins, Jaguars. Man, I had to stop and go back. I'm like, this isn't right. I, I, It took me forever to even find it. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to scrap this whole episode because I must have messed this up because this can't be right. This is May 26th, 2020. That's when this was written by Seth Walder. Football Power Index's full 2020 season ranking. Chiefs, Ravens, 49ers, Saints, Cowboys, Eagles, Seahawks, Bucks, Patriots, Bills, Rams, Steelers, Vikings, Colts, Packers. Wow. The disrespect. I, I mean, I, I said I wasn't going to... I don't know why this didn't even catch my attention, how bad this was. <sighs> I'm not talking about that. Seriously, though, the Patriots at 9, the team doesn't even have a quarterback, you moron. The Rams at 11? The Rams are not a good team. Buffalo? Buffalo's not that good of a team either. I know they got to the playoffs and all that, but meh. The Steelers? The Vikings, by the way, ahead of the Packers with a 54% chance to get to the playoffs. Packers 43%. NFC Championship, 13 wins. Second year, whatever. Titans also, 16th just above the Broncos and the Falcons. This guy, whatever. It doesn't matter. Because again, maybe last year's thing was messed up about as bad. So, just, just, however, allow me to now read off what last year's ESPN power ranking was prior to the 2019 season. Some of them were close. Some of them were way off. Chiefs number one, Saints number two, that's reasonable. Rams number three. So the Rams were a little bit overestimated last year. I think maybe a little bit this year as well. The Rams 11th. Have you noticed that that team is completely imploding? Have you noticed that that is maybe the worst run team in all of football? The fact that they don't have any edge rushers. They don't have linebackers and jet. Well, whatever. They don't, they don't have much. And Goff seems to have just fallen off a cliff. So whatever. They were overrated last year. They were third. Patriots fourth. Colts fifth. Remember when the Colts were a thing? Chargers 6th, Bears 7th, Texans 8th, Falcons 9th, Eagles 10th, Packers 12th, Titans 13th. Packers and Titans were higher before we found out they were going to be good. Just shows how ridiculous this new power ranking is. Seahawks 14th, Browns 15th, Steelers 16th, Ravens 17th, Jaguars 18th, uh, then Cowboys, Panthers, 49ers 21st, Broncos, Raiders, Lions, Bucks, Jets, Bills 27th, Redskins Bengals, Giants, Cardinals, and Dolphins. So some of that is reasonable, right? Redskins, Bengals, Giants, Cardinals, Dolphins, all pretty bad teams. I know some people seem to think the Cardinals are a good team and they have a good quarterback. This is a this is a myth. Every time I keep seeing all this stuff out there, like, oh, if you could pick any player in the league, who would it be? Everyone's like, oh, Kyler Murray would be one of the top. Why? He played one year and he didn't do a good job. <laughs> what? What is this? weird thing where it's like oh he's the next like baker played one good year but at least i mean it was it was one year which is not enough time to evaluate a quarterback as we learn and he did a really good job 
And nobody was talking about Baker as the next great thing. And then he just fell off in his second year. Kyler had one bad year, and suddenly it's like, oh, if you had to start a franchise after Mahomes and, uh, you know, Lamar, it's basically Kyler, right? No, it's not. Talk to me when he has a good year. Ever. Anyways, so again, some stuff is on. A lot of this is just off and very off. So, if we apply how wrong they were last year compared to how or where they think we're going to be this year, here is how the records will shake out. Ravens, Bears, Steelers, Broncos, Chiefs, Saints, Colts, Bucks, Rams, Vikings, Dolphins, 49ers, Bills, Jets, Titans, Seahawks, Browns, Raiders, Cardinals, Patriots, Cowboys, Falcons, Giants, Packers, Eagles, Chargers, Redskins, Jaguars, Texans, Lions, Bengals, Panthers. Can you imagine that? And again, all that has to happen is things to be as crazy last year as they were this year. Now, understand, this isn't predictive that this is what it's going to be. I'm not predicting the Bears have the second highest record and the Packers are, you know, 24th. That's not how this works. It's just taking the teams and showing you how crazy the season could actually be. The Bears are projected to get eight wins. However, they are currently where we thought the 49ers would be last year. The 49ers got 5.4 more wins than expected. If you apply that to the Bears' eight wins, they would get 13.4. We'll round down to 13. The only team higher would be the Ravens, uh, projected at 11. We're adding 2.9 to that, so basically 14 wins for the Ravens. So the Ravens would get 14. The Bears and Steelers would each get 13. Actually, Bears, Steelers, Broncos, and Chiefs. Broncos is another crazy one. They're sitting currently in the Ravens spot. The Ravens are another one that blew projections out of the water. 8.5 is all they were expected to get. They added 5.5 more than expected. Uh, Saints, I guess we would also... Or the, the Saints would be 12. Colts, 11. Bucks, 11. The Packers, all the way down here, would end up with five wins. They would be third in the division, by the way, with the Vikings getting 10 wins and the Bears getting, as I said, 13. So again, this isn't a prediction. It just goes to show how crazy and how crazy we should expect this season to be because I don't think this was an anomaly. And again, things are a little bit off because this power ranking is just ridiculous. But we should be expecting surprises. And I think an interesting thing, something that I probably should have been prepared for but didn't think about until now, would be to ask, who are the expected teams? What are some teams that you could look at and say, I bet that team will be the next big one? I actually think the Steelers are a decent candidate, but they also may be a little bit overhyped. It's hard to say. On one hand, you've got a great defense, but there's no saying that that defense is going to carry over. But if you take what the Steelers typically can do with their offense, granted they don't have A.B. and and Le'Veon Bell anymore, but you get Big Ben and Juju and all that rolling, keep the defense rolling at a high level, I think they could actually be a very, very good team. The problem is the Steelers and the Ravens are in the same division, so they're going to beat up on each other a little bit. But it's only two games. Uh, The Broncos actually were projected to be high based on this thing. I don't think that's a terrible thought. I know there's a lot of problems over there, and and the quarterback is the biggest one. But I've mentioned it before. This This is a really talented defense. Doesn't necessarily mean good. The Packers have a talented defense that wasn't as good as it should have been. But when Vic Fangio is your head coach and you have a lot of talent already, watch out. On top of that, again, you look at their offense outside of that, um, they already had Cortland Sutton, who is massively underrated as a wide receiver. Then they got K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy. You got Noah Fant going into his second year. 
They very sneakily added Melvin Gordon to their roster, a team that already has Philip Lindsay, who is a very good running back. Let's not forget they added A.J. Boye. They still have Von Miller. They've got maybe the best safety duo in football. They have a very good linebacker. They added Jarrell Casey out of Tennessee, who's a very good defensive tackle. I mean, I just I just think this could be... It's all It all depends on Locke, who I don't think is a very good quarterback at all. But we haven't really seen much from Drew Locke. He played like the last five weeks of the season. And also keep in mind, Lamar Jackson, the last time we saw him before he broke out this year, he had one of the worst games I've ever seen a quarterback play in my entire life. I think he had, what, didn't he have like negative passing yards or something? in the playoffs. It was just the most pathetic. I mean, he, he he came out of that second half and actually gained some yards, but it was it was the most putrid performance from any quarterback that I've ever seen. Goes on to be one of the best quarterbacks we've seen ever the next season. So we'll see what Drew Locke can do, but I mean, if he's a good quarterback, the Broncos are going to be scary. Uh, the Colts, I think, are a very... I mean, that, it's, it's scaring me how accurate this actually looks because I'm just going through the teams that got a giant boost. I actually think the Colts are another team that could actually be quite good. They added Phillip Rivers, which is something they needed. This is maybe the best offensive line in football. It really is fantastic. I've commented on their wide receivers before, and I, got, I just saw I got scolded in the YouTube because they drafted a wide receiver, and everybody thinks when you draft somebody, that means you already have an elite player. But anyways, they drafted somebody. They got uh, they added Jonathan Taylor as their running back behind this unbelievably fantastic um, offensive line. I mean, that offense could be scary, and the defense already kind of is. Darius Leonard is one of the better linebackers in all of football. Lamar Houston as a pass rusher. They added uh, DeForest Buckner to their defensive line. They got a couple decent safeties. I think this could be a scary team. I mean, I, again, look at the power ranking from two years ago. They were like a top five team. And they lost their quarterback and everything kind of fell apart. But I feel like they're back and then some. Not that Phillip Rivers is Andrew Luck, but he's healthier. You get 16 games out of him. Uh, what else? Bucks, obviously, there's potential there. I'm not going to just ride that train automatically just because Tom Brady just got plopped in the middle of it. But I understand how it could potentially be something. Uh, I talked about the Browns. The Browns are one of the teams that actually wasn't rated very high and they didn't get a bump at all. But, again, great offensive line. Betonio, Treader, Conklin, all fantastic players. That's their left guard, center, and right tackle. And they add, added Jedrick Wills, their, their new left tackle. They also added Austin Hooper out of Atlanta, fantastic tight end. They've already got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. They've got Nick Chubb, who's one of the better running backs in all of football. And Baker Mayfield, who did take a step back, was still one of the better quarterbacks in football. He was ranked 18th out of 37. So even if he stays at that kind of low Baker level, it's still better than half the quarterbacks in the NFL. If he goes back to being a really good quarterback, look out. They also added Grant Delpit at safety. Uh, They've already got Carl Joseph, who's another first-round pick at safety. Um, They've got Denzel Ward, who's a good corner. They've got Greedy Williams, who they added in the second round. He was not very good in his rookie year, but it's his second year now. Miles Garrett is back. Olivier Vernon. I mean, it's a good roster. It doesn't mean you're going to be a good team, but I'm just looking for good rosters saying, hey, the potential's there for you to take a giant leap. I mean, everybody else in the national media looks at a team based on just what they are. And and sometimes that makes sense, right? The Browns you would expect to be bad because they're the Browns. But I see talent. So I'm going to say this is a team with a lot of talent that might take a jump. Everybody national media-wise, and a lot of just fans will look at it and be like, dude, you're really betting on the Browns. Yes, I am. 
Because at least they should. Same with the Lions. The Lions should be a good team. Are they going to be? Probably not. And I'll be laughed at and mocked for it, but I don't care. The roster's there. Extremely talented roster compared to some of the garbage that's out there. I mean, there's no reason the Lions shouldn't be as good or better than the Buccaneers. I think at that at this point, Matt Stafford would probably be a better quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than, than Tom Brady anyways. Matt Stafford had a fantastic year last year. Let's just do the Lions. I'm not trying to give them credit. I, I don't care. I'm just trying to speak information into a microphone. Matt Stafford had a fantastic year last year. He was ranked 8th. He got graded out higher than Aaron Rodgers. They added DeAndre Swift. Kenny Galladay is a very good wide receiver, and they still have Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola, who are a good number two and three. TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, is going into his second year. Great offensive, I mean, not great, but good offensive line. They've got Okuda and Trufant at corner. They've got two pretty good safeties. They added Jamie Collins from the Patriots, who, you know, don't really expect a ton from them. They've got holes, but most teams do, right? Linebacker and defensive tackle isn't great. But outside of that, you're good. Safety, corner, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, running back, offensive line. You're telling me they're not even in contention for being, you know, for the NFC North, like second at least? I know the Packers and the Vikings and the Bears are in the division. Again, Bears, I think, are the fourth most talented team in the division. I'm just saying, do I expect them to take a jump? No, because of the Lions. But if they did, would I be stunned? Not really, because they should take a leap. Because they're a good team. I mean, they're a talented roster. They're not a good team. Uh, The Raiders, I actually think, are interesting. I don't think they have a very good roster. But as I've mentioned before, they really impressed me with the amount of wins they had, considering I thought they had probably the worst roster in all of football. I I might be the only person in the world that's actually really impressed with Gruden. Gruden, you know, we kind of make fun of Gruden because he's a a character, right? He's like a cartoon character. And you kind of laugh at him and you make fun of him and he's a throwback and he still yells and swears at his guys and it's like, oh, you don't do that in the NFL anymore. You got to be friends with your players, you crazy dinosaur. But this is the guy that got hired by Tampa Bay and took this garbage team and went and won a Super Bowl, I believe. I think that was first year, maybe not. But I mean, when I did a look at how rare Matt LaFleur is, one of the only people that was able to accomplish anything near what Matt LaFleur did was John Gruden. So he came in completely tore this team apart. We made fun of him. We made fun of the Raiders for paying him $100 million, a 10-year, $100 million contract. Then we made fun of him for hiring Mike Mayock, which I still think is kind of maybe a little bit ridiculous, but whatever. Then we made fun of him for getting rid of Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper and a bunch of other players so that he can build his own roster. Then we made fun of him because their first pick was Cleland Furl, and it was like, oh, you bunch of dummies, or their first-round pick last year. But they actually started off the season pretty hot, just smoking a bunch of teams. And they fell off at the end because at some point, this lack of talent is going to hurt you. But I'm looking at it, you know, one of the first things they did is build up the offensive line because Gruden's an old school guy. He drafted a running back because he's an old school guy. One of the, maybe the best running back in football as a rookie. So they got that. Carr isn't terrible. He was ranked 11th. I mean, there's a lot of talk about him wanting to get his own quarterback and he probably will, but the guy's not bad. They added Henry Ruggs. So they, they've got their sort of number one back, maybe, we'll see. They added Littleton and Kwiatkowski at linebackers, so they've got two linebackers now. It's still a bad roster, but again, if you're able to win a bunch of games with an abysmal roster, I'm just at least a little bit curious what's going to happen with this mediocre to slightly subpar roster. It actually kind of looks to me like the Raider, or the uh, the Rams roster a little bit. Or maybe the Rams from a couple years ago, I don't know. 
But I, I, I wouldn't expect them to take a jump, but if they did, it would be... Let me put it this way. If they take a jump and suddenly are a dominant team, I feel like the Raiders are going to be good for a long time because they have no business being a top team, just like they had no business winning a bunch of games last year. If if they're able to get into the playoffs and actually make a run with this roster and they're still just building it, they still need a better tackle, maybe two better tackles. I know they just got one, but he's not that good. They need more wide receivers. They need better corners. They need pass rushers. If they, If they're making a push for the playoffs already... Look out for the Raiders. Cardinals, a lot of people like the Cardinals. Again, I don't see it. I mean, props to them if they're able to do it. The roster's just not good. They don't. Have, they have a terrible, terrible, terrible offensive line. Well, that's why Kyler Murray didn't do very good. Look at the offensive line. Fine. I, you know, fine. If we want to say he was bad because, fine. But as long as we're saying he was bad, whatever. He was ranked 29th last year. 29th. Let's cool it with the Kyler Murray is elite nonsense. But, I mean, my goodness. Terrible offensive line. A quarterback who has proven nothing. Larry Fitzgerald is 5,000 years old. Christian Kirk has never done... These are wide receivers. Christian Kirk, uh, first-round draft pick, has never materialized into anything good. They went out and got... This is the Houston Texans if the Houston Texans didn't have a quarterback. Terrible offensive line. No running back. One elite wide receiver who happens to be the same guy that the Texans had. Then you come over to the defense and by... Oh, so this is... This is the Texans if you didn't have a quarterback and didn't have a defense. This is a terrible football team. Their defensive line is pathetic. Well, they got Chandler Jones. Yep, Chandler Jones is good. He's also 30. This team is... This is a terrible football team. Just horrible. Well, they added Isaiah Simmons. Fine, great. Even if Isaiah Simmons is the best defensive player in all of football, which is silly, this is still a horrible defense. And there's nobody on this team that is young... That is any good. Max Williams, the tight end that they got from Baltimore, had one good year. If he's good, fine. You've got a 26-year-old who's talented and who's a tight end. Whoop-de-doo. DeAndre Hopkins is already 28. Chandler Jones is 30. There's no youth here that's really any good. Well, what about Patrick Peterson? He's also 30, and he was graded 41st out of all corners. I know he's a big name that's had some really good years. He's also had some pretty big down years, including last year with the Cardinals. Some people like the Cardinals, and I just I don't get it. This is a terrible football team. But I suppose if you assume Kyler Murray is a great quarterback, and you think their coach is some kind of elite wizard guru, and they just added Hopkins, and they added Isaiah Simmons, and they've already got Chandler Jones, and Patrick Peterson is one of the best corners in football, and you start piecemealing these big names together, which is, again, this is what national media does. You, you, They hear names, and they're like, dude, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, Kyler Murray, DeAndre, uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is the man's name, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Isaiah Simmons. Man, what a team. Mm, mm, eh, no. I mean, maybe, but no. Like any team in the NFL, if Kyler Murray takes a massive step, as Lamar did, as other quarterbacks have done in the past, which, by the way, you can't assume it because, like, 2% actually are able to make a jump. That's not how math works. But if he does, yes, this will be a good football team. Like any team in the world, if if, if uh, Drew Locke is a great quarterback, guess what? The, the Broncos are amazing. If Nick Foles is the best quarterback in football, guess what? The Bears are going to be awesome. Other than the Lions, if your quarterback does well, you're probably going to be fine. But just count me all the way out on the Cardinals. Pending this quarterback situation. 
I want to throw that in there because I have a feeling the Cardinals are going to do well and this is going to get thrown back in my face. Um, Cowboys. Cowboys would be another team that obviously could take a leap. It's almost kind of expected, which it really shouldn't be because I can go through this list and say, wow, look at all this talent. But all this talent was there last year. So as I've already said about the Dallas Cowboys, the biggest question with the Cowboys isn't how much of a leap they can make. It's there's a cancer. Did we fix it? Right? We fired our head coach. We brought in Mike McCarthy. Is that going to fix the problem? It's not because they brought in CeeDee Lamb. Not that that hurts in any capacity. Obviously, that's assuming I'm way off and CeeDee Lamb is an elite wide receiver. We're all in trouble. Because you've got Amari Cooper. You've got CeeDee Lamb. You've got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Dak Prescott, you've got Michael Gallup, who's also a good wide receiver. Uh, very good offensive line. There's a couple question marks, but still, you know, some of the better offensive linemen in football are on this offensive line. Demarcus Lawrence is a very good pass rusher. I mean, no other real elite players, but they also don't really have any bad players. They got good linebackers, mediocre defensive line, decent enough corners, decent safeties with um, Xavier Woods and HaHa Clinton Dix. The talent is there. And if Mike McCarthy is able to put this thing together, this is basically an automatic playoff team. But we still haven't answered the question definitively. Whatever was completely wrong with this team that last year they couldn't find a way to win games, if that isn't fixed, that isn't fixed. And if we remember, Mike McCarthy ended his tenure with a team that had way more talent than... uh, than you were seeing on the television screen when the Packers played. Not that there weren't deficiencies, but they should have had more wins than they had. There was clearly some kind of a cancer in on that team. So that's the question that has to be answered with the Dallas Cowboys. Clearly plenty of talent to make a push. The Falcons have more talent than, than you know, they have too much talent to be this bad, but they've done nothing to fix any of their problems, so I have no reason to expect them to get better. This would be like the Packers if they kept McCarthy and just kept plugging along. There's enough talent to win more games, but why would I expect that? I mean, it's still Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. They still have a decent enough offensive line. They, I mean, that's the thing. They added Todd Gurley, which, so what? I mean, the last time the Falcons were good, they had a good stable of running backs anyways. They've got Grady Jarrett, one of the better defensive tackles in football. I mean, they've got some problems, especially on defense. But, again, the biggest reason I don't think there's going to be a leap, outside of the fact that this defense is horrible is the fact that, again, they had Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, a good offensive line. They had all this stuff, and they couldn't win. So I don't expect them to start winning because they haven't actually taken this seriously. If you want to take this seriously, fire your head coach. Start over. Something internal is broken. Um, maybe that's it. I don't know. The Eagles are a candidate. They've got a better team than, than they put out last year. And I guess you could say the Bengals. I mean, that's that's a huge, huge leap. But it all kind of, like everything else, hinges on Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow is very good, you still got A.J. Green. You've got Tyler Boyd. That's a great group. You've got Joe Mixon, who's a really talented running back and a, a good receiver out of the backfield. This defense, the, the defensive backs are pretty bad, but the defensive line is not. Uh, you got Dunlap coming off the edge. You got Reeder at defensive tackle. You got Atkins at defensive tackle. I mean, it, it would be pretty shocking. But consider, considering nobody expects them to have more than, what, four or five wins, I think they could shock some people. But again, it all hinges on Joe Burrow like a lot of teams and their quarterbacks. If Joe Burrow is not successful behind this horrific offensive line, this is going to be a terrible team, as is expected. 
So, anyways, finally, let's finally get to the part where we look at the playoffs. So, in the wild card round, again, NFC and AFC, I couldn't keep that straight because that's just not how this works. But here are the teams. You would have Colts versus Bills, Rams versus Ravens. So the Colts would be a five seed, Bills would be a four seed. The Rams would be a six seed going up against the three seed Ravens. On the other side, NFC, AFC, whatever, doesn't matter. Vikings would be going up against the Saints. And the Dolphins would be going up against the Buccaneers. Moving on, the Colts would beat the Bills to go on to play the Steelers, who are the number two seed. The Rams would beat the Ravens to go on to play the Bears, who are the number one seed. Yes, this is going to get worse. Believe me, it will. The Vikings would beat the Saints again. Even, <laughs> even in this weird simulation, the Vikings end up beating the Saints. It just, It's just meant to be. The Vikings would beat the Saints to go on to play the number one seed Broncos. And the Buccaneers would beat the Dolphins to go on to play the number two seed Chiefs. Moving on to the next round, the Steelers would, the number two seed Steelers would beat the Colts. And the Bears would beat the Rams. So the, I guess we'll call it AFC championship would be Steelers-Bears. The Vikings would beat the number one seed Broncos, and the Chiefs would beat the Bucks, so that the NFC would be Vikings-Chiefs. The Super Bowl, then, would be the Bears beat the Steelers, the Chiefs beat the Vikings. So the Super Bowl would be Bears-Chiefs. And then, because the, uh, you probably should be able to guess this, but because the Chiefs were uh, picked as the number one team last year and they won the Super Bowl, the Chiefs are going to be winning the Super Bowl again this year. So at least the Bears lose. But again, that just goes to show how crazy this season could potentially be. It doesn't have to be those teams that that take a leap, but we should expect some team to be able to step up and come out of nowhere and just dominate. But anyways, that's it. Thanks to Danny for the question. Uh, I pinned this in the Facebook group, so if you want to just add to this, it's the top comment in there. If you have more questions, just drop it in. We'll just keep this as a running thing. Maybe I'll change it. I don't know. But anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.